0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rules in the Renew podcast. I'm here with my co host, Ben, my super duper producer, Casey. Woohoo! I'm a little worse for wear today. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. I'm getting better. <laughs> and we're sitting down with Theo of Minneapolis Make. How's it going, man?
1: Hey, guys, going good.
0: <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm listening to the table. <laughs> <All as well. laughs> so, Theo, tell us about yourself. Uh, a little bit about you.
2: Yeah, a
1: little bit about me. So, youngish guy, live in Minneapolis. Um, I run a woodworking shop there, which I guess is what we're talking about, at least partially today. And um, what that is, which is more interesting than just me, um, is it's a community space where people pay monthly, like you would for gym, and have access to incredible equipment, and they can build pretty much anything there out of either wood or metal. So that's the that's what that's like
0: now what were you doing before you opened this up
1: oh prior to this um so directly prior I was working with a friend of mine we were building custom cabinets and um butcher block countertops mostly butcher block countertops and that's what kind of got me into it and uh prior to that I was doing computery stuff and uh staring at a screen all day and that was really not fun and I would complain about not how not fun it was to my friend Taylor who was doing the uh countertop stuff and he's like oh you should quit and you know build countertops with me and I was like no no man I'm trying to be an adult like (laughs) make adult money and have an adult job it's overrated and (laughs) uh eventually he convinced me and I quit and uh started building countertops with him and then uh, did that for about a year and he got a full-time gig and started doing adult money stuff and uh kind of I didn't want to build gunner tops by myself and I'd seen the concept before of like a shared workshop. And so I put a little ad out on Craigslist and I was like, Hey guys, come share this shop with me. And this is a tiny shop, like, uh, about 50% bigger than the room that we're sitting in now. So like 450 square feet, I think is technically how Woof. big it was, which is small. This is very <laughs> yeah. small. It's yes. enough room for one table saw, one band saw, one jointer and a drill and a driver. And that's like all the tools that we had when this thing started. And uh, yeah, but I put it out on Craigslist, and a ton of people responded, and I was like, wow, this could be a real thing. And we started in that super, super small space, and then kind of grew it from there.
0: And you've now since moved two more times? Yes. So total.
1: Yeah, so we went from that space, that studio-sized space, uh, into a garage space, which uh, was seemed huge when we first like first (laughs) saw the building it was like oh my god how are we gonna you know fill this with tools it's gonna feel totally empty and like be gigantic and uh then we moved tools in and put workbenches in it and fixed it up and made it you know not scary on the inside because when we first uh started renting this building it was you know covered in graffiti and there was like Weird drug stuff going on and that sort of thing. And just character, uh, right? Yeah, there, there was building in plenty of character, but we uh, we cut down on the character and you know added white paint and lights because <laughs> there weren't lights. Um, Over and, yeah, and then built that up, and we were in that one for about a year and a half, or a little less than, and then moved into our current space, which is just eons better than the previous one and now it's you know as big as it should be and it has giantly tall ceilings and
0: nice yeah really really fun just, I just saw kind of the a, thing. somebody or group of someone's put together a full-size canoe in there and yes got that out on the water this weekend bit bigger
1: than full size it's a 25 foot canoe so this <laughs> is like a
0: a giant
1: <laughs> size canoe like a normal canoe is like 16 or something yeah. but this canoe seats 11 people so wow. is just a monster but, yeah, but it totally fit. I mean, we had plenty of room to have that in the space and, like, other big projects going on at the same time. And, uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Is there, like, a limit to the size of something that people can make? or? Like so, is, the
1: canoe is the first thing that was big enough that I charged extra for it. But, in general, no. Um, I mean... Yeah, you can build whatever you want there. It's just if something's really, really big and it's going to be like taking up a bunch of floor space, then I mm. charge extra for storing it. Okay, that makes sense. But uh, other than that, yeah, kind of anything.
0: Cool. So, yeah, me and Ben were having a meeting before this, and he was wondering if he could build a mahogany speedboat. Is, this is my ultimate goal. <laughs> oh, call. this is what I want <clears throat> to do,
1: too. I've been super into the mahogany speedboat yeah? thing. Yeah, I've been looking at pictures online. I think I'm going to build one. I built a little pickle fork like with my dad uh-huh. like long time ago. I was like 15 or something. Uh-huh. But um, and that's like a hydroplane boat. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but now I'm thinking it would be really fun to build a little like mono hull, big engine boat,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> big old cigar boat or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, like a mini cigar <clears throat> boat,
3: though,
0: you know, and have it look slick. There you go. My dad's oh. not allowed to listen to this episode. <laughs> since I was a kid, he's been talking about wanting a Chris Craft, but uh-huh. yeah, since they're so cheap, he hasn't gotten one yet. Cheap. <laughs> <Like 25, laughs> but he's got to finish a few a projects home. including getting the Torino up and running if you're listening to this so I can drive it someday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No. Nice, nice. And uh-huh. Well, that was my big question because that's again, this is a project that I want, I've wanted to do for a long time. Build like a 25 foot long Chris Craft or Hacker Craft. The three cockpit ones. Oh, <clears throat> those are so, so pretty. Yes. Those are so, so pretty. Yep. There's two shops. I think there's two shops in the Twin Cities over on Lake Minnetonka that build them or restore them. hmm And you're just like, whoa. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be. <clears throat> um, moving
2: oh, that's the dead, dead air party. You know, right. right? We're not supposed God. to have that. <laughs> <laughs> I know this about radio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're a bunch of professionals around here, <laughs> you tell? I'm just
3: slow today, Gordon, sorry. Bad, no, no, it's all good. I'm, I'm a little worse for wear after you train the keg party. Well, I mean, you, you napped for most of it, well, towards the end. Yeah. There was right. a lot of Gordon sleeping in a chair, and then, it's just Gordon, a lot of how about Gordon. we we shuffle you over to this chair inside?
0: So. <laughs> leave yeah. him outside in his natural environment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the shop's open twenty four hours a day. That is true. How do you manage that? How do you? How does that work? Like, how does it work? F- just a again managing it. Do you staff it twenty four hours a day? You- no.
1: So it's it's not staffed twenty four hours a day. Um, members get key fobs. Okay. They get trained in all the tools. So I'm like confident that they can use them safely.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then yeah we just go for it and really hope i'm knocking on wood right now (laughs) that nobody you know does something terrible in the middle of the night Uh and uh so far it's worked out and typically there is more than one person there at a time okay it's just the way it works out like people Mm -hmm. are there nobody gets in before 10 10 o'clock there's a few people get in and then people are there solid to like past midnight every night but um yeah it just kind of kind of works out that mm-hmm. way and uh so far the only time that people have gotten hurt has been like during the day while i'm there so, <laughs> so that's <laughs> nice like stick to that pattern i'm uh-huh. okay with it uh-huh.
0: what's the what's the insurance like for something like that i've talked to gym owners and they you know for them to have a 24-hour gym membership alone i mean they have to insure all their equipment they've said that's just an astronomical cost yeah it's expensive <laughs> <laughs> it's really expensive it's the uh the second most expensive
1: thing after our building payment So building payment, insurance, utilities is like the price breakdown on that. But I don't know. It's just kind of a necessary thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's something they're signing up for. And uh, so far we get enough. Oh, yeah. There's a cricket. You
2: guys keep talking. (laughs) I was wondering about that.
1: (laughs) That was like a sound effect. It (laughs) missed the dead air (laughs) cue. In the the building. But yeah, insurance is expensive. It's part Mm of it.
0: And uh, we just pay it. I don't know. That works. What's your membership base look like? Like, to make this work, how many people do you need to have consistently? So, to break even on the space, I
1: think we needed like 25 or 30, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Probably 25 to break even on the space. And um, now we have 65, and we grow it by five members a month. Um, and that's like a, a limited growth so I only allow five new members a month Okay. Um, in order to make sure that we don't have like tons of new people all at once and broken equipment and nobody knows how to fix it and that sort of thing so this way um, with only a few new people and the majority of the people in the space are you know old hands Um, those people who have been there longer are able to kind of assist and show new people how to do stuff and okay. where tools are and that sort of thing um, and that way also we don't Overpack it, Because that's been a danger that has happened at other makerspaces where they'll have their pricing be really low or whatever. Or they'll just really over-advertise it, get a ton of members signed up all at once. And then everybody's showing up all at once. And there's not enough room to work. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm really conscious of making sure that we never have that issue. Like, any time you come in... There's a free workbench, Mm -hmm. there are tools that are open, we double up on all or triple up on all the most commonly used tools, so there's, you know, three bandsaws, two table saws, two jointers, two planers, um, that sort of thing. So anytime there's somebody working on a tool, well there's a free one sitting right beside it and you can use that one.
0: That is nice.
1: Yeah. It's really nice. (laughs) It's it's pretty nice. (laughs) I mean, for building stuff. It is like the ultimate space to be at if you like building things and you like friendly people and you kind of enjoy grilling out because we do that a lot
0: too. It's just perfect. Nice. I think that's the same commute that I'm making to my shop at my folks' place in Northfield. I might have oh, yeah. to move. Yeah. <laughs> start driving. Start driving uh, the other way instead. Yeah. Now, what for? when equipment breaks down your bandsaw breaks down are you doing the repairs on that or do you yes. outsource it i
1: have learned a lot about fixing tools this is this is one of my superpowers is fixing tools <laughs> so um which is nice and uh i kind of understand the most typical things that break on them which is usually the on off switch so it goes first on those and it's usually just uh you need to shine it up with a little bit of scotch bright and it works great then <laughs> or, but mechanically i kind of have a good idea of how they work now too which is fun and due to watching lots of youtube videos <laughs> uh, so my next so question was that <laughs> self-taught or did you have
0: background in anything you know mechanics if you will
1: not really i didn't go to school for that or anything um so no it's all kind of just fake it mm-hmm. and then uh, figure it out um and for the most part, those tools, the way that they break is contained, which is nice. So failures aren't failures in a sense that they could, you know, throw a dangerous thing at a person. Mm-hmm. It usually breaks internally. And uh, so that's safer. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're well designed. And we do – or I, should, I say we all the time, and I just mean me and the other members. But when I'm choosing tools because I'm the person who buys tools there, uh, I do look for the tools that are like – more industrial oriented, and those mm-hmm. tend to be like bigger and heavier, and that also helps with making them safer because they become more stable and they won't like move on you or vibrate mm-hmm. or do something that could cause your cut to go funny,
0: and um, that's what's dangerous. So oh, you yeah, want the chintzy table saw from Nard's with the plastic legs. No, <laughs> no, no, no plastic <laughs> like table saws. Yeah, saw that the other day. I'm like, this is no. Uh, it's always a good <laughs> a idea. recipe no. for disaster. No. So when you're when you're specking tools, are you looking at all new equipment or are you looking at older industrial equipment or a mix of both whatever you can get your hands on or we've not bought any new equipment um
1: the only thing that i got new for that space was our fan so we have a big like ceiling fan that's mm-hmm. you know very large and uh mm-hmm. that that was new but um all the tools are bought used at auction or um, on craigslist and that cricket really I know I, I, I can't <laughs> find the damn thing I, back there I think, like. I think it's kind of nice theme, though I just, I just <laughs> like that you can get out there somewhere <laughs> somewhere in the studio
3: there's, there's gonna be a cricket hunt this week I'm telling you <laughs> a <lot.
0: laughs> you just get a gecko and keep him in the basement right there, there you go <laughs> he'll be super smart the cricket hunter bearded dragon you just gotta
3: put down a little heat lamp for it and like for the six years we've been in this space this is the first cricket we've had like so I don't even know what to do with it like
1: <laughs> I think that's such a hilarious threat
3: for like an audio based thing right?
2: Right. the cricket
0: is the nemesis here <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I found a cricket at work and I just sprayed it with adhe- spray adhesive glue stuff and you know I'm not going to kill you I'm just going to make you suffer and not make any more noise the rest of your existence on this planet that seems that really that, that would have just crushed the cricket dude like <laughs> no, <you> know, <laughs> no, this, has been, this has been this has been like two months of this stupid cricket migrating throughout my stock room and I could not find it and I finally did and I was just irritated with it it was also six o'clock in the morning when I found it but took care of the problem <laughs> I guess <laughs> So then, when you introduce new people to the shop, like what's their first reaction? Is this a total kid in a candy store moment, or? Oftentimes, yes.
1: Yeah, people will come in and they kind of say, "Wow, this is big." <laughs> it's usually the, kind of the first first thing they notice about it, and then take them through the tools, and they're like, "Oh." these blades are sharp in a, <laughs> in a shared shop <laughs> that's really nice <laughs> and uh yeah so it's it's usually a pretty positive response
0: um, awesome which is fun mm-hmm. yeah
1: it's fun to Plus have other people for.
0: enjoy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely um i imagine you know are you doing all the upkeep then on you know tools being sharp stuff like that is that all you or do you get help from the other members Um, We have this kind of cool rule that I go over
1: with everybody when they sign up and the rule is when you're done working you clean up your own mess and then you do a little something extra and that little something extra can be like sweeping up the center aisle or it can be like you notice that the you know table saw has a fair amount of sawdust in it so you clean that out or it can be something really big like um, at our previous space we grilled out in the parking lot all the time and so when we got the new space the members were like hey we should make a grilling deck. And my rule for that is anytime that somebody has, like, energy to make something that's going to make the shop better, I will, you know, always pay for the materials. So I'm like, okay, we're showing up Sunday. Here we go. I'm going to get all the lumber here. And people showed up, and we made a grilling deck, and it's great. And uh, that's typically how it works. So the members like understand that it's not there's not like a bunch of employees like following them around fixing stuff it's just we all kind of own it together Mm -hmm. and that's really the whole concept of it is sharing this stuff i mean people are not spending a lot of money per month to to use this equipment and yet we're able to have incredible equipment because there's you know over 60 people chipping in for it and um that way we just get an awesome space and also awesome people to build with, which is the other huge, like, advantage of this shared shop is the other members there are super knowledgeable, and they can help you if you have a question. (laughs) Like, it's just like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Somebody else here does, you know? And that's always true. And it's also neat if you're, like, have a project that you want to bid for a professional project. You're like, oh, this is a whole restaurant. Like, I don't know if I can do this by myself. Well, you don't have to do it by yourself. You just hire some of the other members, and so you have this whole flexible workforce there. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to, you know, take on a big project and be confident that you're going to be able to get it out in time and, you know, make it work.
0: That's awesome. I think that's one of the biggest challenges for someone um, from, from my perspective. I went to art school. Mm-hmm. So you get, you're get used to working in a communal shop all the time. You're always bouncing ideas or talking about how to make things off of other people. And then you graduate and you go into the world and you don't have that. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, now what do I do by myself? And so finding mm-hmm. <clears throat> even anything, you know, what, whatever the medium is, having that communal space is just fantastic. It sounds awesome. True that. I'm super jealous. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> just join up. I'm moving. Do you get, you know, do a lot of members and you say, you know, doing work in the shop, do anybody, like, hey, do you mind coming out to this job site with me? Do they kind of have that? uh, Yeah, there are a few members who are,
1: like, oh, what do you call that? Construction GCs guys, um, and they will hire other members to come out and work for them, um, you know, out of the shop. Most of the work that people, like, kind of cross-hire for does get done in the shop because primarily it'll be restaurants or cabinets or something like this where you're able to do 90% of the sh- the work in the shop and then you're just going out to install and install is one day you know it mm-hmm. doesn't take long to put that stuff up it's building it that takes the most time um yeah have you seen uh
3: like has so, like with like three D printing and like laser cut, like laser CNCs and stuff like that becoming cheaper and cheaper, have you seen people want more of that in the shop or not really?
1: They might want it, but I'm totally against it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think that for me, the shop was a place that was about being able to create things physically in three dimensions with your hands and not interfacing with a computer. Okay. And I think that there is way too much screen time that goes on just in society as a whole right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's like super healthy. And I wanted to have a place where that wasn't the focus. So like we totally could have these machines that would basically do the work for us and probably be more you know productive in the sense of we're turning out more material. But um, I don't think it's the right way to go. And I think that by uh, having it be more focused on really quality tools that actual humans have to run, um, then we have people are like learning those skills themselves and have a more satisfying experience with it because they've like themselves created that table or whatever okay. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I hate CNCs. I think they're just bad. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that they have their place and people do ask about them, and there is definitely a desire for that out there. Um, but I refuse to have one in the shop. We might end up actually adding one as like an separate building like we're going to put it outside of the
2: shop <laughs> <laughs> like
1: if you want to go and be bad and use you the cnc over there, but like. <laughs> yeah it's it's bad They're these giant computers and they build stuff man it's scary <laughs> but i understand in a production shop like it's totally a great thing i mean you can make a lot of money if you got a cnc in a production shop but mm-hmm. i don't know not my thing
0: <laughs> well, just, yeah there's a whole other element to them and there's there's people that use them to make things that you just physically can't make by yourself mm-hmm. and then assemble them afterwards into just insane things but I, th- I think yeah i'm on your side with this and that it's a way more interesting to sit down and and build the thing with your hands yep like plus <clears> they're <throat> loud and annoying yes i mean they're
1: onsta- constantly changing direction and they're Real high-pitched. So, <laughs> like, just not a fun sound to have in the background.
0: <laughs> I know what career field I'm never going into. I can't handle high God, yeah. oh. I just saw a guy who programmed, it was a, a CNC end mill, machining uh, aluminum, billet aluminum, and programmed, you know, like the um, where you program hard disks or whatever to play music? Uh-huh. He programmed his mill so that his, like, the, whatever, the depth of cut and the speed of cut played the Imperial March oh, while, awesome. while cutting whatever part he was making. <laughs> Is his name Martin? I don't know.
1: Oh. I also I, met a dude who has done this and uh, his name's Martin. I wonder if it's the same dude. <laughs> I'll
0: have to try and find it. It was one of the, you know, by spending too much screen time scrolling through Facebook. Nice. But. Well, whatever else are you supposed to do at work? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, speaking of work, I mean, does this feel like a job to you you, or is this you know i get to go hang out at a at a shop all day and all these people want to be there i mean it's it's my i call it
1: going to work when i you know leave the house but um i super enjoy it (laughs) (laughs) like it's a very fun sort of work and it is the type of work that yeah i i want to be there i mean i don't want to be doing something else um so it's very satisfying work i mean my job is ridiculously great. I'm going and hanging out with people who I enjoy spending time with, and like playing around and building things. And I get to buy tools, which I also like doing. Like, <laughs> this is just like me doing the things I enjoy doing, and somehow it can support me, which
0: is a pretty great deal. That's awesome. Is yeah. now have you now that you're fairly well established, you know, with sixty-five plus members and growing? I, are you able to get that work-life balance? you know, still be home with the family without one or the other taking over? I mean, I'm at work a lot more than I'm at home, for sure.
1: But I think that will kind of start to change. I am have just hired my first employee, and she starts tomorrow. And I'm thinking that she'll end up taking on a lot of the tasks that I do on a daily basis. And so I'll be able to, like, go on vacation. Like, I, I haven't gone on vacation <laughs> for... Ever. Like Uh, since starting this basically. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoy being there, but it's like, I can't not be there for an extended period of time and have that work. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, this way I think that will become a possibility again, which will be pretty cool.
0: Awesome. What's that like when you first, when you hire your, uh, well, you'll find out, but the idea behind kind of letting go a little bit and letting someone else Take those reins! Oh, and- I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. No, I mean,
1: I've I've already had like other people help me build stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and um, in that like the members have been awesome about helping build out the space, and like all I needed to do is be like, hey, this is you know how I think this should be, or somebody else would be like, hey, I think we should do this, and I'll be like, that sounds like a great idea. Like, yeah, let's do it. But so like having that that thought and then being able to get the people at the place at the same time and have the tools there and the materials there to do the work mm-hmm. like the actual work part gets done by other people mostly you know so if we're improving uh recently we just improved our sanding room so we made it wider we knocked down a wall and uh made it bigger and um painted it and did a little bit of drywall work and all that sort of thing and like 90 percent of that work was not my hands doing it i just made sure that there was paint on site and that there was a replacement beam for knocking down the wall and like all the the materials and the here's what we're doing guy is part is what i was in charge of and i think that'll be similar for you know starting to have employees and as that grows in the future like just kind of getting the stuff on site and getting the people there is is my part of it Mm -hmm. um so yeah so i'm really excited to have more people who are like doing the hands-on bit all right
0: this is shameless self-promotion. I'm totally looking for another job. <laughs> <laughs> nice! <laughs> well, I
1: just hired someone, yeah, that we'll be hiring again soon, I'm there sure. There you go, you're growing. I mean, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what's the, what's the wildest thing that's been built in the shop, other than a 25-foot canoe? The canoe is pretty wild. We do have a guy who makes guitars that are pretty wild, and
1: his, like superpowers that he's really good at making jigs, Ooh. so he'll just, and he'll make them out of, like, random parts from Axeman, like, these are not expensive parts and he just kind of, like, cobbles this thing together and it looks totally wild and then he starts using it and he's turning out guitar necks literally in under 15 minutes like, he can make a guitar neck blank in less than 15 minutes with, like, all the stuff on it that you need for it to be a guitar neck, wow. and he's just like, <laughs> oh my god dude like how did you figure that out and he he, he just just kind of like thought it yeah. up and made it happen and so that's that's pretty incredible to see when you've got somebody who's just like really good at that process is neat and then I don't know other crazy stuff it's there's not a lot of like crazy crazy there's some artsy stuff that gets built there it's kind of interesting one of the guys builds stuff and sells it at the the Walker mm-hmm. um, art museum so he's doing like these I, I don't know they're they're amusing to me but they're like these uh, cutting boards and stuff but it'll route different shapes into them and fill them with like different colored uh, epoxy and then it's uh, this kind of impressionistic, it's not a painting but it's it's art I guess mm-hmm. and uh, so that's that's, that's his deal <laughs> and then there's like really practical stuff too where people are just churning out mm-hmm. you know, countertops and that sort of thing
0: All right. so it's the, the full range like say, what's the, what's the balance between like the people that are just coming in having never with no woodworking experience versus people that are in the industry?
1: Um, n- neither one of those categories would be our top category. Most people have quite a bit of woodworking experience, but they're like super serious hobbyists. Okay. And that's the majority of the people Then maybe 10% of the people are making their living out of there and like, you know, in the industry building stuff and that's how they get paid and um then there's a a really tiny amount who come in being like i don't know anything but i want to do this i think it sounds cool and like i am so behind those guys i think it's (laughs) awesome and it's amazing what they'll end up turning out because i had this this one guy uh come in his name is bryce and he's like i have almost no woodworking experience and i want to build a grandfather clock that i can pass down to my grandkids and, like, I mean, he's not, he's not grandfather-aged now. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and uh, I was like, okay, you might want to, like, start with a cutting board or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a really audacious project. And I think it might be too much. And he's like, no, no, I've got a vision for it. Like, I know what I want to make. I'm going to do this thing. And I was like, okay, dude, whatever. Like, <laughs> you go for it, I guess. And he just, like, asked other members when he had a question about something. And people jumped in and showed them what he needed to do. And he did this. He's got this beautiful, like, oak grandfather clock now that he made himself. <laughs> it's oh, kind of wow. ridiculous, like, with no, like, prior knowledge. Just That's He awesome. just went for it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of amazing what you can do if you've got other people around who know how to make things, mm-hmm. you know, and you're willing to
0: ask. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that you can do that and potentially not be going to YouTube for the answers. Yeah, it's you true. Know,
1: you, and there are some things that it's a lot, especially with welding. So we've got wood and metal. And welding is something that I found has been hard for me, at least, to, like, understand on YouTube. And then when you're physically doing it with somebody, it's like, oh, like, that's what it looks like when it's not, you know, through some lens or whatever. Right. It's, it's hard to see, basically. Yep. And so for that sort of thing, it's really nice to have somebody else on hand,
0: you know, there with you mm-hmm. showing you how to do it. That makes sense. what about the finishing side of things? Like, you know, whether it's the guitars or the grandfather clock, people say, I want to put a lacquer down. Do they have to take that somewhere else or do you have that option? No, everything is there. So
1: we have a separated finishing room and we also have a separated sanding room. And um, that's basically to make it so that there is no dust in the finishing room. And so it's you walk through curtains to get into it and then it's got its own air circulating inside of it and all this sort of thing. And same thing with the sanding room that's got its own like air filtration going on and uh, own dust collection going on in there. And separating the sanding room was probably like the the biggest difference between, you know, shop two and shop three, like our, our current shop and the shop before and all the fine dust, which is the dust that, like, floats around and is unpleasant to breathe and gets everywhere, stays in this one room. And the rest <laughs> of the space just, like, stays clean. It's ridiculous, the difference. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't stay clean, clean. Like, people are still building stuff there, and that's good. But um, it, it really helps with the air quality. And so same thing with the finishing room. So that's another separated space that just the air is, you know, nearly perfect in there. So you don't get anything that's ruining your finish. Um, yeah but the shop as a whole is built so that you can do everything from you know coming in with the concept in your head of what you want to create all the way through to having that thing as you know a finished project um, so all the steps are there
0: cool yeah <clears throat> i think i saw on your instagram or on your website that was the, were you processing when you have a, a wood mill or a, a wood mill a wood miser yeah we do it's yours it's, your, it's not someone like, actually, that came it's in. It's actually not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but this really nice guy named Larry
1: has let us use it as long as we want. Nice. <laughs> so it's kind of like it's ours. Um, yeah, so we do have a mill, so you can go from a tree to a cabinet. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can do everything. And a mill, for those that don't know, is just a bandsaw on its side that slides over a tree and slices up into boards. So you can take a you know round log and turn it into square
0: boards um using the mill that's awesome is it really as much fun as it looks like it's really fun oh. <laughs> i'm super jealous i have a chainsaw mill but not a i really want a
1: band mill it's you should just come one of the days when we're doing it because we just like have a ball right. it's pretty. we we, we that one of the members suggestions so this is a new like improvement suggestion is rather than just milling whenever we're gonna start doing it like on a you know bi-weekly basis or something mm-hmm. and call the milling parties and we're just going to go like for several hours at a time and grill and do everything at the same time and just slam out a ton of lumber all at once oh i'm sold um,
0: yeah it'll be fun <laughs> <laughs> i just want to come out and check this out like, you should come i you have should come z- well, I, person. I had some experience i did i took a shop class in high school and we made bridges out of this little toothpicky board bullshit but that's not huh. that's the my entire woodworking career right there what was yeah. that and trying to cut down trees I can cut them down just fine. It's just they disagree with me and go the wrong direction. get <laughs> hung up in five other trees in that the process. Hard. <laughs> yeah, well, it was Easter last year. I was cutting down a jack pine because where I used to live, there easily 120 jack pines died over the course of five years. And Weird. Fungus came through, and that whole part of town lost all jack pines. Huh. And so I was just trying to cut them down and get new ones planted or new trees. And I'm like, oh, it's Easter. I have a couple hours to kill. I'm going to go cut this tree down real quick. It's taking a half hour, maybe, if that. And I watched it as it fell the direction I wanted it to go and spin back around with the wind and land in three other trees. No. I lost my chainsaw because it got pinched in there because it started to fall faster than I thought it would. Lost the pole saw that got hung up in a branch and kept on going with it. Lost a rope and chain. <laughs> well, you still have 10
3: fingers. Here's yeah. <laughs> roommate been came way back worse. from his <laughs> family
0: kid. Easter lunch and all that jazz, come back there, and I am just mad as all hell. <laughs> and he sees me, what's going on? I turn around, he goes, never mind, and walks away. <laughs> oh, fun. That was a long afternoon. It was a four day adventure. Yeah. What about that stump you cut? You can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> black walnut. Again, that was supposed to be a quick little half hour cut. Got a brand new chainsaw for Christmas. I'm feeling uh, like hot shit, so I'm going to go cut the black walnut down in the backyard. <laughs> not the case. That uh, took me easily two hours. Mind you, this is in January to get just uh. to the fucking core of the tree that would still would not go. So I had to pull it with my truck. And then the stump sat there for another six months before Ben came out with his... Actual chainsaw. Yeah. Demasculating. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst. (laughs) There's not much that can stand up to a steel 880. (laughs) You just (laughs) walk out with that. Oh, but my little Polane Pro 220 or whatever, the number they attached to that piece of garbage was so nice. (laughs) final straw with that was when the chain fell off while it was running. Scary. Yeah, I set it down, walked away for a while, and came back, and then I grabbed it, and I threw it back at the counter and said, here, you're taking this back. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> that's why they make chain catchers. That's where, yeah, that's where the Greybeard beard came in right here. I don't think I ever
3: want to do a project with Gordon.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think that's really the more conversations you have with Gordon, that's, that's the ultimate. Thing. You're just like, I'll let you do it. Eventually, I kind of come to a point like, okay, I need help from somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Uh, sometimes, other times I just keep throwing power tools at it until it falls over. There you go. I like to hook it up to your truck method. That's got to feel pretty badass if you're just like pulling it down. That's a, that's a legitimate method. Oh, my truck already has eight grand worth of damage to it, so it's like, oh, if a tree falls on the roof, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can get another half mile to the gallon out of that thing if it's a little more aerodynamic at this point. It's, it's not a golf ball. The more dimples... Like, <laughs> It doesn't make it more aerodynamic. I
1: thought that was a thing. Wasn't that a thing that uh, those guys who disprove fun the mythbusters, the myth yeah. yeah, they dented up a car and supposedly it did get better mileage. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah but so it has to,
3: to be stuff. uniform bumps mm, all around can't it. Just be. They can't just be random damage. Mostly
0: uniform. <laughs> it's all stuck to the driver's side. <laughs> Gordon's out there with a ball-peen hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, spun out on black ice and hit the guardrail at 35 miles an hour. Ouch. Yeah, that was fun. Now he has to get in from the passenger side. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a feature, not a bug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, it's coming back around. It's going to be in style. Just give it a couple more years. <laughs> Climbing across.
1: Now I've got a Passat that's like that, where you climb across from the passenger side and... <laughs> You know, not a car that you want to pick up a date in or whatever. It's it really <laughs> great mileage, so I'm okay with it. Oh, <laughs> uh, where were
0: we? Um, I feel uh, like we oh, were just making fun of you, and that was pretty yeah, great. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an episode in itself. <laughs> it just one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, now, with your expanding, do you see uh, competition locally, or you know, are there other maker shops like yours? Um,
1: there aren't any that are as focused as ours, and yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) there are other makerspaces, um, and they kind of fall into the category of, like, general makerspaces, where they're trying to have everything available there, so you can do, I don't know, pottery, and like, print a t-shirt, and also do some woodworking, and, you know, program an Arduino thing, um, And that type of makerspace tends to get, from what I've seen, really cluttered. Because everybody's got a different idea of, you know, where they should be, you know, buying more tools or what the focus should be. And so they kind of overbuy in all the areas or whatever. And there ends up just being a ton of stuff there and not enough room to do anything really well. And also the kind of member that that type tends to attract, from what I can tell, come, they come there with a single project in mind. So there's this place called Tech Shop. It's out in California. It's actually not there anymore, but, um, they were like a super fast growing company. And when they were, uh, when they were around and they were that model of the everything maker space and they like got institutional financing and like all this venture money and, you know, got a million dollars for the tools in every location that they had. And, um, I was a member there. Uh, for a short time because I had an idea for like a attachment for my bicycle to hold the bike lock and I wanted to build this thing and it seems like that is the sort of project that would come there a lot where people would come they'd sign up for a couple months because they had an idea for a single project they wanted all this different equipment to make this weird one-off thing and then they quit and that's really hard to sustain a business if all your members are quitting all the time and what we do at Minneapolis Make is we focus on woodworking and then we've got metal on the side and the metal is becoming kind of more of a focus but still it's it's only two things it's not you know a dozen things and that way people who are like hobbyists in that area or professionals in that area join and they're members for life like they just want to have access to woodworking stuff because that's how they define themselves they're woodworkers you know and so we sign them up once and they just stay and that way, like, I don't have to deal with this incredible turnover that the, like, everything makerspaces do. So I think that's one area where it's easy for us to, you know, continue to grow and survive and stuff. And we don't have to worry so much about that sort of failure that um, the everything makerspaces do. Um, there is one other everything makerspace in Minneapolis. Um, They're nonprofit. And then there's another for-profit, Makerspace in Minneapolis, but their are and they are focused, so they're good, and they've been around for many years. Um, they're called Nordisk Makers, and they focus on the more, like, computer side of things. Mm-hmm. So all their, their interfacing with their machines is through computers, for the most part. And they have CNC and lasers and 3D printers, and that's it. So our t- tiny kind of shop y thing, which is basically, I think, for, you know, making something cut so it'll fit on the CNC. Um but yeah, so they're they're doing well, and I think it's because they're fo- they're focused. But there's no one around still who is woodworking focused and would be like a direct competition for us. Um, so at this point, like we're just trying to make make the shop in more places, basically kind of repeat the repeat the idea. Um, there's there's room for it, and there's definitely people who need the space. Like it's amazing how many people are coming there and they're like i moved from a house into an apartment and now i can't do what i love doing and it sucks and i found your space and now i'm doing what i love doing again and i'm mm-hmm. here all the time and i love it and <laughs> like that is so common and it's like oh yeah like there are more people who would like this and it would be great if we could say yes to more of them and you know with the amount of space that we have we do have a cap and if mm-hmm. you know if we want to be able to say yes to more people we need to start a second
0: space you beat me to my question. That was going to be <clears throat> a follow up. Is what What is the cap at your current location, and are you thinking about moving to a bigger one or a second space? And obviously, you said a second space. It'll be a second space. So our current space, I think, is the perfect
1: size. I think if we were, you know, if we ten percent bigger, that'd be fine. But if we were twice as big, I don't think we'd have the social aspect, and I don't think that all the members would get to know each other. And that is one of the great things about this space is that it's like a giant group of friends. Mm-hmm. And um, so when it comes to the second space, we'll be looking for a building of similar size and then re- repeating, the, repeating the thing. And as far as the cap goes, yes, our space does a cap, ha- have a cap currently at 70 members. Um, and I will keep adding five members to that cap until we get to a point where at a popular time, there's as many people in the space as workbenches. And that's like the, okay, call it quits. That's all the people we can accept. Too bad if you're not in yet. Um, point. And, uh, yeah, so at that point, we will not be able to say yes to anybody, anybody else in the Minneapolis make space. <laughs> and we'll have to start to do the St. Paul make and say yes to people there.
3: All right. Cool. Yeah, That, that was a uh, question I was going to have is uh, with your second location. Like, have you kind of figured out where where, where? where? We're got to make it happen. Sorry, sorry. Coming, F- potential, potential <laughs> second location. Have you looked at like where you want to place it? Like, so your your one is in Northeast Minneapolis right now. Yep. So, do you want to move
1: to St. Paul? Do you want to keep, stay in Minneapolis with the with a potential second one? I would like to do St. Paul, and mostly because I think that it's nice to not make people drive super far. And so, if we put it. Like, there are people who are driving from St. Paul to the Minneapolis one now, and it would be nice to be able to let those people, like, have a shorter commute, basically. Mm -hmm. So, St. Paul's the next. Okay. The next dream. Yeah. This winter.
0: See see if I can make it happen. You put that anywhere near Barrel Theory, and I'm going to be a member like that. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, but
3: Gordon, you can't go to Barrel Theory and then go cut your thumb off. Like I have one more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why there's extras, right?
2: Yeah. No, I'd go other way around. Can go shop, learn woodworking
0: stuff, and then I can. Okay, there you go. It's (laughs) a reward system. (laughs) (laughs) I made something today. It's a spoon.
1: Well, we do have that in the shop though too, actually. So there's there's beer in the shop at all times. You shouldn't have said that. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. No, <laughs> but we do have a rule for it too. So the rule is no beer with bladed tools. Mm. And then we would just separate the tool things, the two things, and then um, basically after you're done building your really sweet project, you go up to the hangout space, which is like this deck that overlooks the uh, overlooks the tools and stuff. And you you know have some beers with your buddies up there. It's pretty slick.
0: I'm gonna move in now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's not bad. He's mostly housebroken. <laughs> Emphasis on mostly. There's lots of sawdust though. <laughs> nice. You know, looking back on you know getting all this started and everything, I mean, do you have any regrets on, you know, how you got from point A to now, you know, point C D, whatever you may be at? Re- regrets, would you, you yeah, said? Yeah. Or or would you, would would you change anything sort of yeah. now that knowing what you know now, looking back?
1: I think it worked pretty darn well. I think we lucked out in a lot of situations where um, where it was just luck, and I am really grateful for that, and that's really nice. There aren't a lot of situations where it was like, oh, shit, I wish I had known something, and I did that totally wrong. Oh, there was one. The I think the big oh, shit, was renting from a person who wasn't a great landlord, and um, I think I should have been more careful about that sort of thing because I ended up signing a contract for a building with somebody who was not a good dude, and uh, that was rough. Um, and it wasn't, I don't think, damaging to the like, the brand or whatever. I don't think it was bad for the members, but it was hard for me because I was um, dealing with a really unpleasant person and losing a lot of money and that sort of thing, and uh, didn't want to do that again. <laughs> so I think being being careful about who you sign contracts with is a really was the thing that I screwed up um and would have done differently in the future
0: Um, how would you when you think about that if you were going into a new space if you're starting to look at new spaces how do you vet a landlord we're buying oh you're gonna buy it it. all right that's even better yeah, or that's the hope. I okay. mean, that's um, that's okay.
3: that's how you vet the landlord. Yeah, right? just yeah. like you are the landlord. <laughs> yeah. Well, after that experience
1: with the landlord, I was like, I don't want to have a landlord anymore. This is bad. <laughs> so, uh, and buying it is hard too because mm-hmm. then instead of like having to vet the landlord, instead I've got to get like people on board to give me money, and it's kind of vetting them, so making sure that the people who are investing in that space mm-hmm. are, you know, people that I want to have on the team basically because right. they are they're a at that point mm-hmm. and something that you've got to work well with so right. that's uh that's the other side of it but
0: that brings up a really good point how did you how did you start financing this from the beginning did you was it all self-invested or so in the beginning it was almost all self-invested
1: um i did in the so the first space totally all self-invested at that point i had you know a table saw bandsaw jointer and then moving to the second space, it was nearly all self-invested, and we like built it out. And one of the things that you need when you've got big tools is you need power to them. And uh, electricians get paid a lot of money, and that's okay. They do a great job. Like They should get paid a lot of money. It's fine. But that was really more expensive than I expected, and I did end up going to the bank, and I got a loan for $8,000 um, to pay the electrician. Um, to pay the rest of the electrician because it was more than eight thousand dollars, um and uh, that was that was the first time that I had to like borrow money that I didn't have and that was kind of scary because I was like this is a good idea I don't know
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's this evil
1: bank and they'll probably really screw me over if you know I don't do everything right and don't have money and time and stuff and uh, also when I signed on to that building like I didn't have money to pay the second month's rent. Like I, that money just wasn't there, and I was just crossing my fingers that we're gonna sign up enough members to cover second month's rent because otherwise I have no idea what I would have done. But we did, <laughs> like yeah. we had a party to start it off, and I just like signed people up <laughs> that day. It was just like okay, here's your, you know you're in. Thanks, here's thanks for the money. Like here we go, we're gonna make this work, and and that did work. And so for the second place, it was only that eight thousand bucks from the bank. Plus getting members signed up really fast and that somehow worked, which is kind of a miracle. And then, um, the most recent space I asked members if they wanted to invest and they get a few members who invested in it and that's how we were able to afford the new building. So that our current space we, we own.
0: Nice. And,
1: uh, yeah, that's how we did that.
0: Cool. Were you married when you decided to go off on this business venture? When I
1: started it, no. My wife, Married me during it, which is brave of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my next question. Yo, did you just come home one day?
0: We're going to open up a shared shop. How's that sound? <laughs>
1: no, no. She knew that I was, you know, going for this and, uh, you know, married me anyhow. So that was, yeah, nice. Nice. But she's got, like, a real job, so it's it's okay. Like, there's at least one source of, like, consistent income that we don't have to worry about, mm-hmm. which is good. Plus, we live pretty frugally, which I think is another, like, thing that did allow me to kind of go on something that was pretty high risk, I suppose. Um, is that I just don't spend a lot of money every month on myself or, you know, we, my wife and I don't spend a lot of money on ourselves. Our rent is 500 bucks a month, and we don't, like. I eat out all the time, but she doesn't <laughs> eat out a lot. And uh, that sort of thing. So just trying to, you know, have those personal expenses not be really high and then doing something, you know, that seems kind of risky isn't. Mm-hmm. And if I were to fail, it would be okay. Like, that's fine. You know, less so now that I've like taken other people's money. So now I mean, <laughs> don't want to fail because I'd be screwing them over. But
0: yeah. Oh, well, it certainly doesn't sound like you're anywhere near that.
1: No. I mean, not at this point, but there was times in the past where that could have happened. Like,
0: yeah. yeah. Without a second month's rent, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah that, that, that is pretty high risk. So. I know that feeling. I went, When I launched the arena, and uh, my big mouth is actually on Casey's show, uh, Department of Defense, uh, Department of Offense, and i said oh yeah on june 1st i'm opening my website i had nothing i did no domain anything and in the back of my head i'm going you dumb 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 dumb
1: (laughs) that's the way to go though just just set set yourself a goal Mm -hmm. and then freaking go for it i mean for our opening yeah i just like set a date i was just like oh yeah we're gonna be open by november 1st is the date i said and francis my wife was like Theo, that's three months from now <laughs> <laughs> And she was pretty nervous about it. I was like, oh, that's be fine. And we went for it, and we opened November 1st, and it was fine. I don't know.
0: Nice. Yeah. So there's, yeah, definitely something to be said for setting deadlines. That's yeah. what I told my boss this year. This was my last year on campus, and I'm super nervous about that. And that's even six, six eight months away.
1: What's post on campus? What's the next thing?
0: <clears throat> um, hopefully going to plan something full-time-ish with my workshop. Awesome, as well. So awesome, that's. Cross my fingers.
1: Are you doing the axe heads? Is that you?
0: Yeah, some, thing? sometime, yeah. Yep. Yeah,
1: and you make them super shiny.
0: No, no, I don't like them super shiny. Oh, okay. No. Okay, uh, have you move your mic back in front of you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Here we go. That's all right. I do this, this, this rocky chair, roly chair, whatever. Yep, is. just go away. Yeah, I, you get really comfortable back here, and then I feel like I'm going to die. Especially uh, if you've had a couple beers. Oh, yeah, no, like, it, it leans back way too far. <laughs> it does, definitely. <laughs> um, no, I do do axe heads sometimes. I did one for Gordon, and I've got to finish up two um, as wedding presents this summer. Cool. Um, but I like to find old vintage ones and leave most of the patina on them. I get all the rust off. But I like kind of the, the black oxidization that Rust leaves behind. Huh. Um so I'm excited. I've talked to you before about doing my my it's either my grandpa or great grandpa's axe that my dad's been holding on to. Yeah. We haven't that refinished. Mm-hmm. I've just got to figure out where the hell it is. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I know it's in the shed, but yeah, it's the family sh- axe that's had two new handles and a different head. Yeah. It's the same axe. Yeah. Yeah. It's now the size of a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> The problem is my dad has this amazing ability to take five pounds of shit and shove it into a one pound bag in the little pole barn shed behind the house. That is a superpower. Yes. And so I'm trying <laughs> to find it all good hoarders have and that. I'm trying to find it without him <laughs> knowing that I have it. So then, you know, come Christmas like, Hey, Merry Christmas. Oh, at first I thought it was because you were stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought, yeah. too. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> no, no, for as much crap that he has, he knows where it all is. And if something's out of place, it's weird. It's like a little, you know, beep goes off in his head, like, who touched it? Yeah, and wow. I, don't, I don't know. So you're going
1: to have to be careful rummaging through all the
0: stuff? Yes. Yeah. 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 Strategic. To his credit, I mean, it's it's a cluster, but... It's organized in his mind, and he has the grid layout somewhere in his head. But I'll find it. Our spaces all work for us. It's when you have to share that you have to be really organized. That is the truth. So what? Um, based on that, like, how did you how did you lay out your shop? What's the what's like the? Oh my load? god! I watched <laughs>
1: so many videos on like shop layout <laughs> on YouTube. I, I thought there would be like great ones for this there aren't there be, well because ours is a lot larger than most like home shops and mm-hmm. so home shops they're all like and everything should be on wheels so you can like slide it around and put it away this is also what who's that casey nice is always mm-hmm. like everything should be on wheels and i'm like actually everything should be bolted to the freaking floor so it doesn't move <laughs> and that's my new thing is like bolt it down and we've got a layout that, uh, works pretty well. So we didn't bolt everything down at first. And the Mm -hmm. other thing we did was we ran all the electric from above, Mm -hmm. so I was really excited. I was like, oh, we're gonna do all in-floor electric and you won't see electric anywhere and it's gonna be so open and cool. That was a really bad idea. And ended up not going for it because the guy with the concrete cutting saw charged more than I thought he should. And (laughs) so I said no, (laughs) and instead ran everything overhead, which ended up being a huge blessing. Because that way we were able to kind of tweak a few things. And we had had, you know, two prior shops to kind of figure out workflow. And uh, in that we were able to get a pretty dang good workflow. Like our high dust production stuff is closest to the, you know, dust collector. And everything flows in a you know, kind of circle from coming in as rough lumber to our wood processing line to the bandsaw to the, you know, so, so you are taking kind of as few steps as possible. If you were just going all the way through your project, you just, you wouldn't have to walk super far. Um, yeah, so layout is is a big deal, and have we have tweaked it somewhat. I'm going to be tweaking it again this week moving the panel saw so it's by the table saws because right now it's far away from the table saws and when people are doing like giant sheet goods on the table saw I'm like hey you should probably use the panel saw for that but it's way over there and this way it'll just be close by so they'll just use it Mm -hmm. Um, because you kind of end up walking to the table saw because you're going to make it straight cut in this way you know getting all the straight cutting things together uh, will make it more obvious uh what you should use. So there are tweaks and there is is some movement, but yeah, I think our our layout is is pretty good and it's basically based on the flow from rough cut to finished product. Nice. Um, yeah.
0: Well.
1: <clears throat> also, it's based on community, which is kind of a, a cool thing. So we do like cluster all the workbenches together because that's mm. where you spend the most time. And you could lay it out so that you've got you know lots of space in between the workbenches and there's one like adjacent to every like sort of. Cutting area that you would be in, you know. So if you're doing a bunch of cross cuts or whatever, you're gonna have workbench right by the cross cuts, and then there's all your work pieces, and you're moving back and forth between that saw and your workflow. But we don't do that, and that's because we want people to talk to each other. So all the workbenches go together, and then when you're, you know, not making a loud noise, you're actually hanging out with other people, and that kind of promotes people's, uh, you know, communication and like getting to know each other.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
3: So it sounds like. You guys really focus on community, like on, on like the community of the workshop. And
1: yeah, that is kind of the number one thing. And we've got sweet tools, but we've got really fun people. And that's what makes it like enjoyable to be there is the cool people.
0: All right. And yeah, that's definitely the focus. That's like the benefit. I think you can get by with mediocre tools and awesome people, but you can't get by with really awesome tools and shitty people. Yeah. There are no shitty people in the shop. That's cool. Yeah. That would be
1: terrible. Is there a vetting
3: (laughs) process for members? Oh, yeah.
1: Everybody takes a tour, and I kind of feel them out. And then if I like them, I say, hey, we've got a spot open.
2: (laughs) So that's the secret.
0: (laughs) Show up with beer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell. I mean,
0: you can tell if somebody's going to be a good fit or not. Yeah. Now, do you... Being a community and everything and having the tools and such, do you ever have trouble with people putting tools in the wrong spot or in not being put away at the end of the day?
1: Yeah. A bunch of our drivers left the shop recently and had to write on the whiteboard, bring the drivers home. <laughs> and then the drivers came back. So <laughs> like it works out. Um, And we do have more than we need of all the tools. Mm-hmm. Like I have no idea how many tape measures we have, but it's more than 10. And um, likewise, Joel and drivers, like we've got tons of them and that sort of thing. So even if something doesn't get put back or is lost or ends up going home with somebody by accident and they take it back a week later, like hopefully nobody is waiting on that tool. There, there are very few tools that we only have one copy of. Um, yeah. Nice. And we do have the organization for like where things go is pretty well laid out. So there are like slots that things go into and so it's really easy to put it away. And the slots are right above the charger for that thing. So when you're like, oh, this is out of a battery, I'm going to take it back and swap batteries, you know, you end up just throwing the slot because it's right there. And yeah, making it easy for people to make it clean is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's hard for people to make it clean, it will never be clean. Like, or it will never be organized. But just making the layout, like, so it's super simple for people to
0: put stuff back makes it so it stays pretty clean. Nice. That's it, <clears throat> I would assume it takes a lot of time to build all that infrastructure beforehand or as you're adding to it you kind of have to rethink how your storage space is
1: yeah i mean we add to it like as we gain new tools and stuff we mm-hmm. kind of fit them in and make it work but um yeah it is definitely a work in progress it's something that
0: evolves mm-hmm. yeah. i think that's, that's my favorite part about the workshop is you can always you work in it for a while and you make it a little better and you work in it for a while and you make it a little better oh totally.
1: I enjoy making it better more than I enjoy like building a project. So like, <laughs> that's my big fun thing. It's like making the workshop really freaking great, yeah. not just like making a table. Yeah. Well, ultimately,
0: the workshop is your project. It's true. Yeah. It's true. That's uh, do you get project. to work on your own personal projects at all, or are you yeah, I do. busy kind of hurting everything else around? I've got time for some personal projects.
1: I basically have all of the like furniture that you know for my wife and I that we want um done so if i do a personal project it's either like i'm making a cool seat for my motorcycle or like some silly thing like that or it will be a commissioned project that is something that i'm interested in so i try to usually i like pass those off on other members but if it's something that i'm like oh that sounds sick like i want to build that then i'll I'll make a you know professional project
0: nice Mm -hmm. you mentioned a motorcycle Yes. Now we have to ask, what is it? What kind of motorcycle?
1: It's a Honda 250, it's tiny. <laughs> um which is really sad. I really want a bigger one. But I mean it works great. It's it's a Honda Nighthawk. Mm-hmm. Um one of the other members sold it to me for cheap. Um and I put a sweet wooden seat on it that has like lighting that goes like through the seat. It's it's nice.
0: nice. It looks yeah. pretty cool. I'm it's on the heavy. Instagram. <laughs> <right>. Oh yeah. <no. laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's sick. So that well I've had I started following you my uh buddy I don't know if he's still a member at your shop uh Taylor Roby.
1: oh totally yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
0: he's the tailor I was talking about who oh, okay. I actually started yeah. started working with yeah I went to high school with him and oh no and way he ran the old girl workshop for a little while I before. was part of that yeah oh, oh That's, I was and, the other part of that gotcha Go um yeah and he told I I reached out to him when I was starting this podcast you know hey do you want to come on and talk about this well actually I don't do it but here check this out uh-huh. and i was following you for the longest time and i just i'm like i gotta ask i gotta ask i gotta ask and then i completely forgot and then i reached out you know, back in june and that's when we fell into this the chaos and took a break from everything but i been watching on instagram i seeing seen the projects are coming through i find mm-hmm. fascinating especially for someone like me who cannot build anything yeah put a gun to my head instagram is freaking awesome dude <laughs> oh
1: my god it has helped us so much like, just having that community of people who are, like, excited about stuff that's going on and want to help with it. Like, that's how I found this employee. All I did was, like, post a little video on Instagram and was like, hey, I need help. Anybody want to work for me? Um, and I got a ton of responses and, like, found somebody. And likewise with, like, if we're doing a cool event, all I have to do is be like, hey, we're doing a cool event. And people, like, show up. And Instagram is freaking bomb. I love it. I hate Facebook, but... Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is unfortunate since Facebook owns Instagram now. Oh, does it doesn't. Oh, I don't yeah. care. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm still for Instagram. No, it definitely is. It's a phenomenal community, especially for connecting with. Um, I mean, one customers and clients and and other people, but also for connecting with other brands or or manufacturers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I had a really fun experience with Milwaukee. <laughs> what? I am such a Milwaukee fanboy, they've never replied
1: to anything I've sent them.
0: <laughs> well, you what you need to have is a tornado at your wedding. Two. And techni- yes, two tornadoes at your wedding, and then your brother needs to have all of his Milwaukee cordless tools in his truck and show up with his rocket light. So when you lose power, you can still have your ceremony.
2: Whoa! <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is uh, quite the branding moment for Milwaukee. I oh suppose. my God, it
0: was phenomenal! And in response, they—I happened to tag them in a in a picture, and I'll show you here in a second. Uh, no one out there will be able to see it. They can listen with their. They can, well, they they can go, go look it up on their. On I'm Instagram. just going to describe yeah. it so in minute detail. Yeah. It, no, it's on my personal one. So, the we lost that power so for good. two and, two and a half hours, <laughs> and my brother had the the rocket light, um, battery powered spotlight. And so we were able to do the ceremony in the dark, and he brought that in. I just posted the picture and tagged Milwaukee in it, and they responded. Uh, they just sent a message back and said, hey, um, we'd love to send you something, and turned around. And no s- way! Yeah. <laughs> yep. I am
1: so jealous! Oh, my God! <laughs>
0: handwritten card, uh, two two tumblers, a uh, uh, retro stainless cooler, and then two uh, M12 Drill driver combo. Sick. <laughs> it was. Oh a, it just blew my mind. Of course, I thought they were gonna send like a koozie or you know like a t-shirt <laughs> that didn't fit yeah. or something ridiculous yeah. like that. And oh, no, they about. they totally blew us away. It was. That's awesome. So, so again, their Instagram is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I never really grabbed hold of the Instagram very well until you pointed me in the direction of another podcast series, and like their first three episodes were about marketing on Instagram. Started following some of those and actually started to gain some traction on that. I mean, did you, in the beginning, Did you, when you were trying to market, did you go straight to Instagram or did you try other out, outlets first? Uh, Craigslist. Yeah, that's how we got members in the
1: beginning, was just putting an ad on in Craigslist. Um, Instagram hasn't been really, for us, finding new members so much as it's been like a social thing for like getting people interested in events. That's mostly how Instagram gets used for us and also just letting people know the stuff that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's how you, how I'm here today. Um, but, yeah, Craigslist is how at first we got members and then it was mostly word of mouth sort of thing.
2: Um.
0: That's super... I think anytime that, that wor- uh, advertising works by word of mouth, I think that's primo. Yeah. In the world of paid Facebook advertisement, it's just like... Though I do think that marketing is like a super cool
1: thing. So I would like to do like more marketing stuff. (laughs) I have a friend who designed our logo and like does really great, uh, I don't know, visual marketing work and I think it's awesome. So I do want to like get more into that, (laughs) but I also just don't want to like waste money on something that we
0: (laughs) don't need. So yeah, it's kind of a, I think all the psychology behind marketing is terrifying. Some of my first art school classes, and you start really learning about how essentially companies manipulate manipulate you to buy things, and you are like, "Wait a minute!" (laughs) That happened to me last week. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's true. But we're spending four hundred dollars to be on a tiny little ad on a calendar that, or a tourist info pamphlet that nobody buys in the state of Wisconsin. Made that mistake before.
1: (laughs) I am sorry. That's the worst.
0: That's
1: the worst. No, we've definitely had people like come to us about that sort of weird advertising stuff, and, like, I'll get an email, like, hey, do you want to be, or or we want to interview you for this, uh, to be on our TV show, and it, like, sounds like, oh, my God, I'm going to get all this free press, it's super exciting, and then you read a little bit more, and it's like, it's only $2,400, and, you know, Oh my See, God, at least I worst. offered
0: free beer, which I kind of fell far on. We, on
2: well, you minutes. offered someone else's free beer. me too. And usually we have it. Last yeah. night was an and exception. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's okay. I've got a beer in front of me. I'm doing good. So I wasn't. I, I didn't charge you. So I hope I didn't come across
1: as some fake no, 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 mind. not at all. This is great. This is great. But
0: the fake, fake marketing. That's yeah. the worst. Yes. Of the, Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. We can all go buy Facebook likes and Instagram followers. Oh, that's how I've got all my problems.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone is bought and paid for. It, damn it.
0: <laughs> uh, any other questions, Casey? Ben? I
3: I no, think it. no. I think Wait, we kinda no, covered Theo,
0: it. would you have any you know advice that you give out if there's somebody that happens to listen, and they're thinking of doing a shared shop of you know any market that you'd kind of.
1: Oh my gosh, come come them. hang out with me and take a tour, and I'll show you everything we did. Like yeah. I think that there should be definitely more of these things um, and I'm really happy to share what I've learned on it and um, I mean I think we talked about most of that stuff basically is just go for it and to start small I think that super helped us is that we didn't like get a giant loan in the beginning and try for the big space all at once like we got a community who was behind it and then that community helped grow it um, which was huge so start small just make it happen. Quit your job. <laughs> Man, everybody. everybody should quit their job. Burn the <laughs> Quit the job. Yep. And where can people find you? Um, M-P-L-S-M-A-K-E dot <laughs> com. Uh, is our website? Or at Minneapolis Make on Instagram? That's M-P-L-S-M-A-K-E on Instagram. Or you can find us in Northeast Minneapolis on University in 38th. You just wander around until you... Yeah, just just walk in it. the door. We've, we've
0: got a big <laughs> symbol on the side of the building. So. Right. Well, thanks again for coming down. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thanks again for everybody listening to another episode of Rules of the Arena podcast. Uh, check this one out along with others on blindninjastudios.com and make sure to go check out thearenaoutpost.com See you next time.